0: Bonga nasi ni podcast liyonakiliwa kutoka Twitter Space ya Horizon TV mubashara na kusambazwa kama podcast kupitia anchor.fm slash horizon tv kenya Ungana nasi, tukichambua masala mbali mbali katika jamii
1: Hello,
0: salamu alikum wa rahmatullahi wa Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Horizon Twitter Space And I hope this will be a fruitful discussion for us to be able to engage in this discussion and uh, uh, ensure that we get the best out of it. So on to our first uh, deliberation, we are going to discuss about matters minimum tax. But uh, just uh, to have... uh, a little discussion about uh, a show that we are going to have on Horizon TV. My name is Muhammad Shacombo. I'm going to be your host tonight. And I just want to highlight that we are having this new program on a, a business program that is called Show Me the Market. Uh, show Me the Market features uh, businesses and uh, entrepreneurs. And we are able to talk about different aspects uh, in the business show. So I hope uh, to get so much more feedback from you guys so that we can know how we can be able to engage with you and have a fruitful discussion. Uh, Today on the panel, we have two lovely guests. Uh, uh, We have Abubakar Bajabir, who is an accountant by profession. Uh, Abubakar, please uh, unmute your mic and introduce yourself.
2: I'm Sultan Muhammad. Um, my name is Abu Bakr Ali Bajaber. Yes, I've been um, in the last few years in the energy sector, in oil and gas, and now in power generation. Um, I hope I will be able to add value to the speakers tonight. We'll try our best in this difficult topic to make it as interesting as we can.
0: Nam. Shukran Jazila for that uh, uh, introduction. Um, I'm seeing Brother Maawiya requesting the mic. I'm trying to approve that, uh, but it seems a little pro- problematic. But uh, probably let's uh, jump on this. And, uh, um, Abu Bakr, please just enlighten us uh, by definition what is minimum task? Uh, tax so that uh, the common man and she can be able to understand.
2: Okay, so I'll show you. Kiswaili Kizungu? I'm making it.
0: Kizungu Takwa uh Nafkiri.
2: Uh, minimum tax uh, was intended to tax the businesses that were either in lost positions for a long time or have high expenses and therefore pay very little taxes so the minimum tax was intended to cut short the the normal accounting where the tax corporate tax is paid on the profits made of the business so minimum tax said that irrespective of what profit you made for tax purposes. If your taxes are lower than 1% of your sales for the year, then you are required to pay 1% of your sales. So at the end of the year, we're going to look at your sales value and then take 1% of that, and you do your profits and what tax you are meant to pay and whichever is higher then you will pay. So if the minimum tax is higher than your normal corporate tax, which is at 30%, then you will be required to pay the minimum tax. That's why it's given the name minimum tax. Uh,
0: Thank you so much for that. uh, an insightful explanation on the word minimum tax. Um, Perhaps the common wanjiku, or in this case, the common shakombo, if I will put it that way, how can this person be brought to charge in case the minimum tax was applied?
2: So first we would, uh, a business entity, uh, will have to be in a tax, you know, regime. So you, uh, we assume you already have a PIN. Uh, and these days, it's very difficult to, op- to operate without a PIN. No business should run without a PIN. So all businesses uh, should have a PIN. So now once you have this PIN, then uh, every year you are required to file your returns. Now, when you go and file your returns, so even if you made zero or negative or very little tax, then you'll be required at a certain point to file those returns. And once you file, then you will be required every quarter to pay an installment tax. And during this quarter is when now KRA will expect that you do your computation and have filed the tax payable. So, Shacombo, in his small hustle, uh, after 2021, in 2022, then every quarter is expected to pay a certain amount. So, if this minimum tax came to be, KRA would have expected everyone to either have paid their taxes, corporate tax, or to be paying this minimum tax every quarter. So in your i-tax, it will show if you've not paid uh, any tax. And therefore, KRA now will demand uh, this tax from every one or Shakombo.
0: Nam, perhaps someone might ask in regards to um, how did the minimum uh, tax come about? Is it maybe a first time in Kenya or has it been there previously?
2: Okay, allow me to go back a little bit and start generally on tax. So tax is, has many forms. And on this one, mainly minimum tax will be closely tied to what we call the corporate tax. Corporate tax is pro, uh, taxes out of the profits you make. So you do your business, and then you have your sales of hundred thousand. You say your expenses are fifty thousand. So then we say now taxes applicable are on the fifty that is the profit. In Kenya the tax is thirty percent. We say now we expect thirty percent of the fifty from Shakombo. So that's corporate tax. Then there is VAT. VAT is not based on profit, it's based on the value that you add. So if I bring something from wherever I am bringing it and imported it at 100, and I sell it at 200, we say the additional 100, okay, maybe 100, 100 is not a good example. If I buy it at 100 and sell it at 150, we say the 50 is the value added. Therefore, the government is expecting you to pay every month 16% of the value that you added, which is 50. There's a computation around the VAT Act. Uh, Then there is duties and levies and taxes. Duties, levies, and taxes are more specific to a service like imports. If you import, then you have excess duty, you have customs, uh, you have import declaration fee, what we call IDF. So there are many taxes. But in this case, for minimum tax, it's clearly ties to the corporate tax. The first example we gave, which is based on profits. Uh, I have do not have history of minimum tax before. Uh, maybe I'm too young. But uh, I have not seen a minimum tax before. What we've had previously is the installment taxes. And the installment tax says that if this year your taxes were 10, then we expect that next year your business will grow. Therefore, every quarter we will expect you to pay the equivalent of this year's tax plus something on top. So March, June, September, and December, we expect you to be paying installment taxes. So, oh, I do not remember of any minimum tax, but there's been many ways of trying to capture uh, taxes. Ali, thank, thank you very
0: much. Thank you very much, Banabu Bakar. Bana, uh, Bana Awe is now on uh, Karibu Sana. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa
1: barakatuh. Okay.
0: Could you weigh in on the, in regards to minimum tax so that uh, people are able to understand in a more palatable way?
1: Okay, initially uh, the government had tried to introduce uh, something close to minimum tax called turnover tax. Uh, this was mostly targeting the small businesses and it was at about 3% and went to 1%. But uh, Brother Baker has already uh, explained that uh, the 1% now applies to everyone. And I think just for clarification, it is, you know, when you compute the 1% and the corporate tax, they usually carry is supposed to take the higher off. So uh, assuming that, uh, uh, just to elaborate on what Brother Bakar uh, said, let's say your turnover is 100 million, but maybe you're in a lost position. So when you're in that lost position, you have to pay, you still have to pay the 1%, which is 1 million, because 1% of 100 million is 1 million. So you're still obliged by Kerry to pay that whether you make profit or not. So basically Kerry is just trying to increase its net of trying to increase its revenues, because especially like just exactly what Abaka said that uh, targeting those businesses mostly which have been making losses or at high expenses. And, uh, and, um, and, and that is now what I think necessitated the, the change to the finance act uh, with this regard.
0: Oh, thank you very much, uh, Baron Mohammed, for weighing in on that matter. Uh, but perhaps uh, on on the other flip side, KRA might uh, be on a genuine um, account of of uh, wanting maybe to tackle uh, tax evaders. Um, what would you say about that?
1: Okay. Um... You know, uh, I know KRA is under a lot of pressure to collect money at the moment. But, you know, you've also got to look at the business environment. Uh, where we stand and where we are right now, the business environment is not very conducive. Now, just from a personal basis, the, the rules and regulations that KRA is implementing, okay, fine, it, they will increase uh, their revenues. However, you know, you've also got to look at the economy or the market in which you're operating in. Where we are, as a, uh, for most businesses in Kenya in the economy, we are not ready for some of these punitive tax measures. And uh, that's my opinion, because it's like, you know, it's like using a Ferrari to go for farming, okay? I mean, it's a good car, but, you know, you can't, you can't apply it in, in a place like where you're going to do farming or something. Yeah? You've got to use a pickup in that particular moment so that it adapts to that situation. So adaptability and uh, the equity of this tax, for me, is questionable, where in, in the current, in the present moment of how things are in the economy uh, of Kenya,
2: yeah. Um. Uh, sh- okay,
0: well, Abubakar, please weigh in on that matter too. As, as you put in your sentiment, uh, I just want to know what were really the concerns for the people to challenge minimum tax provision?
2: Okay, um, so the explanation on the minimum tax So what we think as mere mortals, we do not necessarily uh, can read the minds of the people who make the legislation, but the assumption has been that there is certain businesses that have been uh, loss-making or minimal tax that they pay and tax is very wide, has very many things that are applicable to a business. And any businessman would uh, try and utilize whatever uh, tax incentives or allowances that are there to reduce the tax payable. Now, <clears throat> the minimum tax was meant to curb or to remedy these business that are equally in loss-making. But uh, my personal opinion is that then you are putting this wide bracket of minimum tax that will also hurt uh, other businesses. Uh, Like Muhammad has uh, has explained, it's uh, quite onerous on some of the businesses, um, like his business, for example, in in FFCG, in supermarkets, uh, their margins are very low. Um, another example I can give you is the uh, fuel stations. The, what we call the dealers, the retailer, the fuels, side is probably given three shillings and 50 cents or something like that as his margin. Now, at the price like now, it's going to almost 120, 130, depending on which product, let's assume 130. 1% is one shilling and 30 cents. Now you've taken away 30% of this person's margin because on this three shilling and 50 cents, he's supposed to run his his station and pay all his expenses. So definitely this person will not make uh, profits of even 1% of the turnover. So I do not think it was carefully thought through about the implication um you know but this is a feeling uh, maybe uh, i'm wrong but it hurts uh, or it affects many businesses that were were not intended to be affected by this turnover tax and that's why people had uh, strong grounds to go and argue in court um some of these tax changes were effected in 2020 during covid and a lot of tax incentives Were clawed back or taken back, uh, tax incentives that have been given to businesses for a long time. Uh, And normally, in uh, when you take away a tax incentive, you usually have what we call transition clauses. So you say that if I have given you incentive, a certain incentive that runs that you utilized, and you made you did your business plan based on this tax incentive if you're already utilizing it, we usually have a transition clause and say, it will not affect those people. So some of these tax incentives that were taken back in 2020 did not even have uh, transition clauses. So, you know, we have things like what we call investment deductions at 150, which were meant to encourage businesses to do heavy capital outside Nairobi and Mombasa and therefore you were allowed to claim 150% of your capital if you did it out of uh, Nairobi and Mombasa. And some of these incentives were just taken away, just like that in 2020. And this is when all these things, including minimum tax, were passed. So the argument was there was no public participation because usually there is an elaborate uh, process into tax amendments or tax laws. So that was part of the grounds that were argued in court. um,
0: Nam, in regards to what you mentioned, that other businesses will be hurt, uh, kindly elaborate to what extent will, let's say, SMEs be hurt and what's the trickling effect uh, of this?
2: Sorry, I didn't get your question, Shikon.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm saying you, you mentioned that other businesses will be hurt. So yes. kindly elaborate to what extent uh, will SMEs be hurt and what is the trickling effect to this?
2: So um, let's say I'm starting my business, my hustle, as they say, and uh, I want to do, uh, you know, cooking at home. Now, for any business starts, of course, you have uh, heavy expenses in the beginning. You have the things you buy, you have uh, rents you pay, you hire people before your business picks up. For people who, let's say, like a barber shop, you have equipment that you buy, you will start paying rent, you will do fittings. Now, some of these things they do, some of them are what we call capital in nature. Some will be... Uh, not capital there will be operations no normal expenses <clears throat> so it is expected that certain cycles of business you will not make profits or you will make very little profits and therefore when i start my kinyozi in the first year i will have you know peaks during the season so skuku, you know christmas easter fridays what I'll have peak guys coming in and I will probably make a profit in that month. And then COVID comes, uh, nobody's coming to the Kenyoshi anymore. So that year, definitely, and I have to pay my guys who are working. So that year, definitely, I will make very little profit or no profits at all. Now, this minimum tax was going to say, I don't care whether you made the profit or you didn't make the profit or how much profit you made, as long as you did this kind of sales, then I want 1% of it. So in the example they gave you of a fuel station, the guy is selling a litre of 130, therefore one shilling and 30 cents is what will be required for him to pay the minimum tax. If you did your Baba business, and one month you did 100,000, another month you did 20,000, and overall you made, let's say sales of 500,000, they'll say, we don't care, We want one percent of that you have to pay it so that's how it's going to affect the the small businesses and impact the small businesses
0: um thank you very much for weighing in on that matter Uh, could we have sentiments from mawia as uh, you also uh, patch in your words please let us know the court ruling has it addressed uh, the issue sufficiently in regards to minimum tax and how it will affect the common um, monanchi out there, let's say, Shakombo with a barber shop there. Has it addressed uh, the issue sufficiently?
1: Okay. Um, you see, I don't have the full ruling, but just the summary of the ruling of Justice Odunga, the two key things that he mentioned was that the 1% is unconstitutional and that it will result into double taxation. I will go a step further to say that it goes; uh, it will result into capital erosion. You see, when you start a business, you start with capital. Let's say you started with a capital of one million or two million. You see when, and when you make losses, you you know you keep eating up on that capital. No, no, unai kidogo kidogo. Now, if if you're already making a loss, and then you still have to pay tax over and above that loss. What uh, The the way further to what Brother Barker said, the way it hurts the business is that it erodes your capital. It means within uh, no time, you'll have no capital and you'll have negative... Uh, it means your operating cash will become negative. And all of a sudden, your business is going to come to a standstill and you will not now be able to pay your expenses because you'll have to pay the tax whether you've made a profit or not. So to answer your question... Uh, from the brief of what Odunga said, yes, it addresses, I mean, it covers all the semis, the barbershop, the hassles that you're having. It, it covers that. My, my fear now is KRA has gone to, has, gone, has made an appeal, is going to appeal. Uh, and we don't know what it's going to be. But, you know, like um, what I know from the history of cases, the, the possibility of uh, the court of appeal overturning a high court decision is usually... You know, it doesn't happen so much. Most of the time, the decisions are, are upheld, but we don't know. Because, I mean, if if, uh, if the Court of Appeal is going to rule against the High Court, then definitely now we stand to see this business is getting hacked, because definitely there's no access to capital in Kenya, we don't have access to credit, and uh, you can't keep borrowing just to be able to keep the business going so that you pay taxes. So, we, we will see an economic crisis, we will see businesses shutting down, and it's just going to be impossible to operate in this environment.
0: Nam Shukran for your sentiment. And please, uh, could you maybe say, is it the end of uh, this provision? Could we say, maybe, is this the end for this provision uh, in regards to minimum tax, or should we anticipate something? similar happening, probably. Um,
1: Well, you know, like I said, I don't know what the Court of Appeal is going to say. But assuming that it rules against the High Court, then there's a risk of KRA backdating and saying that it will have to collect from April, because the minimum tax was supposed to be effective from April 2021. So it is possible that it might backdate and might claim uh, from businesses uh, those uh, the minimum tax plus penalties so there's such a risk uh, exists but also with my experience from KRA I know that they, they have uh, you know they're crafty they even if this doesn't go through they look for other ways of trying to see how they can introduce other taxes to be able to compensate for for that one percent now I know that the, the small businesses don't have that capacity to make such kind of provisions in business uh, but from from a prudence point of view being prudent just to anticipate what uh, you know either way whichever way the Court of Appeal may say maybe may be prudent just from an accounting perspective for those who understand just to make a provision in the books in case that in case that this matter is is uh, maybe the Court of Appeal rules against the High Court so it's hard to tell for now but it's something that we need to keep to be to keep uh, looking out for, and to just watch out so that we are not caught by surprise.
0: Nam, uh, could we also look at uh, the carry public notice of withdrawal on ruling of tax laws in computing profits uh, as of first uh, uh, October 2021? where well, the issue about uh, itemization was uh, introduced. Uh, could you weigh in on that, uh, Abu Bakar?
2: Um, honestly, this would be speculation on my side. Uh, but you know when uh, some things uh, are coincidental or people question why the timing of certain decisions now, someone will ask why, just during the ruling, that uh, someone will go back and uh, withdraw a position of uh, three decades. Why would you go back and do something like that with no proper explanation? Um, yes, maybe it could be um, ways of trying to claw back whatever it is they budgeted on on this. Minimum tax. Remember, KRA has targets uh, and this is a a process and the budget of Kenya is done based on the expected revenues. Therefore, if this minimum tax was budgeted for and it means that there is a hole in the expected revenues, so we have to try and find other sources to fill that hole. So yes, it could be it. Uh, I think they have nothing to lose by going for the appeal. Um, I think they will still go for the, for the appeal. <clears throat> but, you know, um, instead of saying that I don't think it will be returned, I am hopeful or I hope that uh, the court will side with the high court and uh, make the same decision.
0: Okay, some will argue that uh, the neighboring countries maybe like Tanzania and Uganda have been applying the same and the economy is doing fine. How would you weigh in on that?
2: My reading is uh, it's Tanzania that introduced I think sometime last year and Nigeria in Africa. Uh, Uganda has been trying for a long time. I don't think they have uh, succeeded. But, you know, um, we in Kenya uh, think that we are way ahead of many other jurisdictions in sub-Sahar Africa. Uh, I don't think uh, certain regimes are examples to, to look up to we are wise enough and advanced enough to be able to argue and put in our own tax regimes.
1: Um,
0: Um, uh, uh, Brother Mahavia, please join the discussion.
1: Maybe just to add on what uh, Brother Boa said. Uh, You know, if you talk about Tanzania, it is 0.5%, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Now, even for the, for the minimum tax, the 1% is too high. Uh, and, you know, uh, Abakar mentioned a number of businesses, like even retail, uh, where they operate with low margins. You also have to think about exporters. For example, one of the hardest hit people are going to be exporters, like the tea exporters and coffee exporters. If you look at tea, their margins are very, very low. Now, if, I mean, if there was going to be, Public participation, and if at all KRA is trying to widen its bracket of in terms of uh, revenue collection, you know cons- there could be consideration of the amount being much lower. You know, playing around maybe between 0.1 to 0.3 percent, something that will not hurt the business significantly. Yeah, uh, but you know, uh, looking at most businesses, like even the petrol or retail, the net margins don't. When I'm talking, you know, there's gross and then there's net margin the net margins don't go beyond 3%. And you'll find that the 30% tax you pay, you know, is still a burden to most uh, to many companies. And now introducing the additional 1%, which, if you compute for most businesses, is going to be much higher than the corporate tax. So, definitely, uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, looking at the rates on uh, from my point of view, is that it's punitive and uh, it has to be reconsidered. Even if it has to be applied, then it must be at a very, very reduced rate without impacting the businesses. And then even if you compare our economy to Tanzania, I mean, uh Kenya economy is much superior to Tanzania and Uganda. Of course, Nigeria's economy is much bigger than Kenya, but, you know, circumstances are different. And uh, Okay, I, I can't really... I don't know the rate. I don't know if Abu knows for Nigeria, but I don't know how it has been taken in Nigeria. We probably have to find out more about it. And, uh, uh, but where we stand as Kenya, uh, that tax threshold uh, of uh, 1% is just too high.
0: Hey, thank you very much for your input. Uh, maybe what could be something that they are doing right that we are not, as Kenyans, in regards to uh, applying
1: minimum tax? Um, can you repeat that question? I didn't get it very well.
0: I'm saying, considering maybe Tanzania and uh, the other countries that are applying minimum tax, what could they be doing right that we are not able to do right in, in in regards to our Kenyan uh, provision? Uh,
1: like I said, the Tanzania one is much lower. And then, uh, so, um, uh, so, you know, even if you look at the Pareto principle, you know, the 80-20, if Tanzania maybe can be able to collect from some of the well-performing companies, uh, I'm very sure that they have a problem of, I don't think they, the Tanzania Revenue Authority has capacity to go all the way down to the SMEs. My thinking is that possibly it will be targeting, you know, the high-performing businesses. But, you know, in Kenya, it is high and it's, it was targeting all the businesses that will be operating. So, I don't think that they're doing anything right or better than Kenya, in my opinion. It's just that maybe the but principle of application is different from how Kenya seeks to apply it uh, within uh, across the businesses, the economy.
0: Bona uh, uh, Abubakar, uh, could you maybe ponder on about, is it, is it paramount for Kenyans to incorporate tax planning on their business model?
2: Uh, um every business, um, uh, yes, as much as we don't like to discuss this issue of tax, because one, to most of us, it's complicated, Um, it's too broad. Even us who practice everyday accounting, um, we still have tax consultants who advise us on everything. So if we don't understand some of these applications, then definitely we don't expect uh, every other businessman to, to understand. But it's very important to do tax planning, at least understand the taxes that are applicable to your business. You know, understand this corporate tax. There's something called turnover tax, which is was targeted for small businesses. I think 1 million to, to 50 million shillings of sales per year, <clears throat> where you pay a flat tax on your turnover, and then you don't get into the complications of doing accounting at the end of the year to do what your tax payable is. So it was meant to ease in the burden of uh, tax computation and the complications to the smaller businesses. Because as a country, we've been trying, we've been singing that simplify the tax regime, simplify the tax regime. But um, the only thing that we have so far done is turnover tax then we brought something on uh, rent income we also say people with um, rent I think below 5 million a year or 10 million I don't remember the number will pay a flat rate of 10% and that becomes also a final tax so in taxations there is the installment tax there is a provisional tax there is the uh, final tax so some taxes are withholding uh, that you someone withholds the tax and then you compute at the end of the year. But for small businesses, you must understand whether you are on turnover tax or on normal tax bracket, which is you compute your turnover against your expenses and you pay to the government what is you're supposed to be paying. Uh, it's also important to understand whether you fall under the VAT bracket. Uh, VAT also has a minimum. I'm not sure whether it's five. Maybe Mohammed will will guide us on that. But if you're below a certain number, then you are not uh, eligible for VAT. But if you pass a certain threshold, then you have to account for VAT uh, every month. Now, for first is awareness. You must know what taxes are applicable. Second is to plan around them. So if you have VAT, you must know when to file the VAT, when the VAT is uh, payable. If you're on turnover tax, when is it payable? What are the installments, if there are any? Then if you have staff that you pay, even one person, you have uh, pay as you want that is applicable applicable on, on the staff. If you pay yourself as a businessman, uh, your $30,000, $40,000 that you, you pay yourself as an expense, that also has a tax implication, and every month you must file for for that tax and pay what is supposed to be paid. You know I mean? So tax is very important for planning. Uh, my advice is there are <clears throat> smaller uh, what we call the audit firms or the the uh, people in tax who can guide you on some of these things. Believe me, it's better. To pay a little and get expert advice than be caught with the by care or any other authority, and you have no idea whether you are complying or not complying because usually these guys will come and give you all kinds of assessments and tell you, you don't do that, you don't do this, you don't even when it's not applicable, Um, and you might end up uh, paying more than what you're supposed to be paying. Maybe you're not supposed to pay anything by just complying and filing uh, on a particular date, which will cost you nothing. But since you don't, then there are penalties that apply and interest. So it's very important to understand what is applicable and then also get advice on how to do it and then plan around it. Because now the world becoming smaller and we all have to be compliant by, you know, everywhere. So you will not be able to grow your business if you're not uh, complying, because even today if you're tendering, you're asked to bring what we call the tax clearance at TCC. So you're told, go to KRA and get a certificate that you do not owe KRA any taxes.
0: okay thank you so much you talked about complying I, I believe you alluding to tax compliance I'll come back to you but uh, brother Muhammad Maria will like to leave so before you leave uh, brother Muhammad Maria in, in, in your views what should be done for for us to make sure the lady uh, zuram who is selling a buyer's back uh, in the estates understands this complicated or complex tax matters. How can we be able to do that?
1: Um, thank you, Brother Shakombo. Now, um, there's, a, there's something that Abu also mentioned uh, before I go to answer your question. You know, when you talked about the threshold for VAT, it's five million. The threshold for VAT is five million. If your if turnover in, if your annual turnover is up to five million, you don't need to register for VAT. Uh, But when it just comes to matters of compliance and, you know, this is now also tax planning, you might be a small person, but even if your turnover is low, again, I I usually advise people just to register for VAT, otherwise the VAT becomes a cost of your business. Because you know, when you don't register for VAT, you can't claim for input. Like you know, when you buy things with VAT, it means you can't claim and automatically becomes part of your cost. Uh, and then also, if you want to tender, it becomes a bit of a problem that, you know, if, if, if you're not going to charge VAT on your products. Now, again, when it comes, just now to come back to your question is, I, well, sensitization is very important. And uh, I know that Abaka um, uh, mentioned that, uh, you know, you, nowadays, you know, you, you can't do business without a PIN. You must be registered. And what I know is that they are usually those tax clinics that carry Advertises for. They keep advertising for those tax clinics. I suggest that for anyone who's who's on I tax, who's registered for, who's registered on tax and has a pin, to be on the lookout for those tax uh, tax clinics. They are free. Most of them. I mean, those tax clinics are free, and they're usually just training people about basic taxation. Um, also, there are causes to do with taxation that carry offers. Uh, but even before we get there. Um, I'm, I'm of, again, from a personal point of view, I think our education system has to have something where, you know, it enlightens people about, you know, simple matters of tax, uh, just like the way they're introducing things, you know, they want to do the way they're introducing the education system, things to do with family planning and all that. So it can just be a very simplified way just to, you know, to start making our children uh, understand and adapting to the importance of tax from from the time, you know, they're in school, the same way we're learning about these other matters, because today where I sit, and I've seen very many businesses suffer uh, by not, you know, not uh, following up on these tax matters or not complying, and it's not intentional. It's just because they're not aware, and, um, and you know, these, these tax consultants also come with a high price, uh, um, but... Has, uh, I think, also institutions or like media houses like yours. You need you need to have that initiative. Also, um, you know, to to sensitize, to create programs and sensitize people about the importance of tax, so that people can listen in and ask questions and understand. Okay, and guide them. You know, on basic matters. The technical matters, of course, cannot be. Those ones have to go into further interpretation. You you must hire you know people who are experts in that field. Because there will be technical evaluations that you know cannot be we cannot discuss on the phone or on TV or anything. Those ones definitely, if you're if you're in a trading business, there will be some of those technical tax matters that will require the tax experts to interpret, to assist, and also now to to work with Gary on it. So my feeling is that uh, the as media houses or other institutions, you we've you, got to play that role of uh, having some of those sensitization sessions on just basic tax matters so that people can be aware about them. Look at COVID, you know, COVID, there were advertisements all over, you know, wash your hands, keep your social distances. You know, those key basic items that, you know, we can be talking to, we can be telling people over and over again uh, to, to, to follow. And and with all due respect, you know, even if you're caught by carrier and you said you're not aware, you know, legally speaking, you know, ignorance is no defense. We, you can't say that because you are not aware, so you've not been able to comply. So anyone in business, they, have, they must make that initiative before they start the business or when during that business. Make that budget to understand tax. What Abu said, it's better you pay that little money to someone who will advise you or assist you in tax matters than when you get caught flat-footed or caught off guard. That's, that's, that's my advice
0: wow thank you so much uh brilliant mind there uh, Muhammad. my name's I'm so uh i hope you can be able to in- infect some of that knowledge into my head too so that i can be also be able to know a couple of these uh things that, that we're talking about because i must say i was really nervous uh, at the start having this discussion but uh, at the end of it all I'm excited that I'm getting to know one or two things uh, about uh, minimum tax and also tax in general. Uh, Abubakar, you are also alluding uh, in regards to compliance. I believe you are talking about uh, tax compliance. Could you maybe expound on that so that we can be able to understand in a more palatable way and uh, our space is about uh, almost uh, six minutes to end, because we want to clock it at 9.30, inshallah. So those who have questions can drop uh, their questions on the DM uh, of the Horizon TV page. Please welcome and uh, uh, address that, uh Abu Bakr. Um, yes.
2: Uh, in- You know, Hamad also mentioned about whether VAT registered or not registered. That is very important. When you register for PIN, there's an option of whether you also register for VAT or not. Most of us, by default, it says you are registered for VAT. Now, once you are registered for VAT, you are required every month to file your VAT before the 20th of the next month. So for VAT of September, by the next month of 20th, I'm supposed to file and pay the VAT. Now, VAT is very interesting. What does it mean and what was Muhammad saying, that if you don't register, you are losing somewhere. VAT is supposed to say that I buy something at 100, and the example I gave, I'm selling at 150. Now, when you buy something at 100, even that person has charged you VAT. So, most likely, you're going to pay 116. Now, when you're selling, if you are VAT registered, you're able to sell 150 plus 16%, which is what 16 plus 8, 24 shillings. So, then at the end of the month or the next month, then you say that I sold my 150, and I collected 24 of VAT, but I paid Shakombo uh, 100 shillings plus VAT, which is 116. My VAT payable, therefore, is 24, which is what I sold and got, less 16, which I had already paid Shakombo when I paid him 116. Therefore, the VAT payable becomes a difference of that uh, 24 and 16. So you first file and say, this were my sales. And then you also file, this were my input VAT. We call it input VAT, what you paid. And then the difference between those two, then now you pay that, which is eight shillings. Now, if you do not comply on a particular date, then first you are not complying with the laws then there will be a penalty, then there will be taxes on it. So compliance is uh, very important. I'm also mixing compliance and what Muhammad was saying that you will lose on the VAT is that now if you're not registered for VAT and Chacombo sells me the, whatever it is he's selling me at 116 shillings, which includes VAT, I can only sell at 150. I cannot charge VAT my expense now has become 116, right? Because I cannot claim that 16 shillings. But if I was VAT registered, I can charge VAT and therefore claim my input VAT. And even when your sales are very low or your value is very low and you have higher input, you get into a credit position. means that now the government owes you. Uh, VAT therefore you can claim or whenever you have sales which are higher you will not now pay at that point that was Muhammad's point about it sometimes it's better to be VAT registered as opposed not to be registered but it has uh, a thank you and then there's things like uh, pay as you want. those are monthly so you have monthly uh, compliance dates and you have annual compliance dates.
0: Thank and you so much you for
2: that uh, contribution. F1. And sometimes you just have to file, even if it's zero. That's why during June 30th they say file your returns. You have to file your return. Inspective of the position, you have to file a return. It is better to file a return than to delay filing a return. It's better you file and even if you don't have money to pay that time, you can pay a little bit later.
0: Thank you so much for that uh, uh, deep uh, discussion and in uh, detailed uh, um, explanation of, about uh, tax compliance. Uh, as we wind up this discussion, uh, I'd like to uh, give the opportunity to Brother Muhammad Mawia to give his final thoughts and uh, advice towards the matter. Karibu sana. As we wrap this up.
1: Um, okay. Uh, my advice to all the business people is um, is just to make that initiative to to have uh, an understanding of tax or get someone who will advise you. Because you know many businesses business people will tell you, ah, I don't understand account or tax. But you know you can't run away from it. It's it's part of us we and it has to be done you know it's not something that you can be able to avoid and don't be cheated i tell guys you know don't you know someone will come and tell you uh, that you can avoid tax you cannot avoid tax you can reduce uh sorry you cannot uh, sorry you cannot evade tax you can avoid some tax but you cannot evade so some people will tell you do something that uh, maybe will make you not to pay tax believe me Uh, The systems that KRA has put in place at the moment will catch up with you sooner or later Uh, So don't be cheated about tax evasion uh, because the repercussions and the consequences are much higher uh, Than what you can imagine, but there are ways in which uh, through technical advice uh, That can be taken um, at a later stage uh, that you can be able to work out ways to reduce your tax liabilities a certain percentage you know maybe five percent or something which is still significant you know it goes into your working capital and uh, your business so as a business person don't take it for granted learn uh, I know the challenges I know like uh, what we call the traditional market people like yosks and all these other guys maybe I know they're not they they're not tech savvy they're not sophisticated uh, to do such kind of issues uh, but you know when you grow your business one one thing for a fact is you will be you will just end up being caught in the net, uh, you and you won't be able to run away from it, because compliance is very important for you in growing your business and getting new businesses because like the way Bakar said when it comes to tendering, when it comes you know plus many other things where we are heading right now, you will um, I mean. It will catch up with you because even when you, when you want to get a loan or you're opening a bank account or anything, those are things, uh, those TCCs are going to be mandatory uh, for all these businesses in the future. So don't, uh, I mean, don't shy away from learning more about tax. Take that initiative. And if you feel that you don't, you're not interested in it, then work with someone who will at least guide you on doing the right thing. So that's my advice. And that's my final word. I mean, OK, it's not final. But for now, I think that is what I will urge everyone to do. Thank you. So I think I can leave right now, or?
0: Yeah, thank you so much for for spending time and uh, creating time to also share your wisdom and weighing in on the matter, minimum tax. Um, I'm really humbled to have garnered uh, a little bit more about what I didn't know in regards to minimum tax and also the tax uh, stuff around it. Thank you so much, uh, uh, brother Muhammad uh, Maawiyasi or Uchumi. You may leave. Let's weigh in uh, brother Abu Bakr on his final thoughts. And Pia, Could you um, speak about uh, the common Mwananchi? How can they be able to indulge their respective leaders to ensure that the laws that are enacted do not translate to excess burden?
2: Well, this is um, very, you know, we say on paper that uh, we have public participation that if you look at uh, how we do it here is only if you are of certain position or certain privilege is when you get to indulge with some of these uh, bodies or institutions in policy making or regulation if you ask the small businesses when they interact even in the budget process which is every year and it's mandatory for public participation I mean, the Public Finance Act, even on the county budgets, there's an elaborate process. There's even a county budget advisory committee or something like that that is representative. That the budget must go to it every, I think, twice a year. But you know, our communications to and uh, fro, a raya, so to speak. Um, is not there. So the best way right now to do it is maybe to go through associations or organizations because also we have will be very difficult to all of us give our thoughts and memoranda to a bill or a proposed amendment or regulation or whatever it is the government is trying to, to implement. So it's best if we are a member of an organization association you know something similar i mean the minimum tax was by organization uh, by retailers and i think senior bar owners or something like that so it's important to be in this association secondly uh, our governance is representative our mc's our members of parliament our senators our governors are representative they are people we give mandate to speak for us therefore we should demand that the mp or the mca if there is a law that uh, or a bill that uh, affects you in your business that they should come down and at least engage and get your views now, this is easier said than done, but, you know, we have for us and uh, where once in a while they come, it's where you can challenge them. So that is how I would suggest that, uh, uh, you know, the normal or oh, just like me on the streets, how we'll be able to engage.
0: Thank you so much uh, brother Abu Bakr for weighing in on this matter and also uh, creating time for us to be able to have this conversation. Uh, you've been a, a good friend to my ears here. Uh, as you know the Prophet Muhammad uh, had Abu Bakr as his best friend so you've been very friendly to this Muhammad over here. Uh, as we sign out, uh, my name is Muhammad Chakomba, and thanks To you all for being able to join and listening in. Uh, In case of any feedback or comment, please uh, be sure to reach us on Horizon TV, the platform, so that we can have a fruitful engagement and know any other topic that you would like us to highlight and weigh in and ensure that we bring in experts who are able to tackle Different angles of this issue. So asanteni sana, mungo abariki na tuwe na usiku Ma salam. Bye bye for now.
2: Maasalaam.
1: Horizon TV, la nzuri na ya sefika, yongozo ya dini ya tufunza vema, kuipenda ya tumbi diwazina sema, imula tuhifa daima, E tuhifa diye daima, da dawa. Man ya Allah da ni to a part a hadith in a sunnah pi a zatajo. Today kwasana TV. Man ya Allah da ni to hadith in a sunnah pi a zatajo. Today kwasana rise on TV.